0: But today, um, I've been really been been kind of, God's been speaking to me a lot about this topic that I'm gonna be sharing with you. It's really been a thing over the past couple of months. I've been doing some studying on it and I felt like it was time. Um, I've been waiting. I wanted to preach this months ago and I've just kind of been sitting on it and waiting and I feel like now is the moment and, and so I actually do what any great pastor does when he's trying to figure out if it's God or not. I threw out a fleece. And so uh, y'all don't know what that is. That's the Christian version for trying to hear if that's God or not. And so I went to Facebook like I normally do and polled you and asked you of all of the fruit of the spirit, which one do you struggle with the most? 65% of you said patience, patience. Y'all are some impatient people. And so uh, we're going to talk about patience today. And some of you are like, dang, I knew I should have came next week. And so we're going to talk about patience. How many of you love to wait? Who loves to wait in here? <laughs> Good. At least you're honest. We got an honest church at least. All right. So how many of you know, we, we live in a convenient culture. Convenience is king in our culture, right? You go to a restaurant, the first thing that you're asking when you go to the restaurant is what? How long's the wait? How long is the wait? If there's a There's a certain... There's a certain amount of time that you will wait for, depending on how good the food is, will be how much you wait. I was looking at, a, I was driving down the road a, a, um, a couple of weeks ago and I saw a billboard and it was a billboard talking about a hospital, it was a hospital billboard. They created a billboard that said, our emergency room only has a five minute wait. I was thinking, wow, how... How bad are we that we're even looking at what the emergency room waiting time is? How many of you have an iPhone in here? Who's got an iPhone in here? Yeah. How many of you, when you text somebody and they're texting you back, but as they're texting, you don't know what they're texting, but you got the little bubbles that are going across. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And those bubbles happen to go longer. And you're like, what's going on? Just send the text. Send the text. You know, I'm just like, do you want to eat? And there's like bubbles, 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 bubbles. Like, what? what, why is this so difficult? Just send the text. Y'all been there? Is that, just, is that just me? I'm confession. This is going to be a lot of confession today. Just getting some things off of my chest. I remember back in the day, how many remember when internet was created? Y'all remember when the internet existed? Like when it, some of y'all remember when there was no internet. You actually had to go to the library. And so, um, but nowadays, I, I remember back in the internet, one of the most frustrating things was this. Actually, this was, how many remember this right here? <laughs> Who's old enough to remember this right here? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That somebody picks up the phone, you're like, get off the phone! Hang up. Y'all know, because they get on the phone, it kicks you off, and you're like, man, you waited five minutes just to get to this bar. You know, it's, I was almost there! And so, y'all remember that? Y'all remember those days? Yeah, it's patience. Our kids don't know anything about patience nowadays. It's, it's what it is. I mean, we, we live in a fast pace, gotta have it now. If you think it, click it, see it, have it. This is the culture that we live in, and this is is what we, this is the air that we breathe. I started writing down just a number of things of uh, microwave meals, fast food. If you want your fast food even faster, you go through the drive-thru. High-speed internet, and it better be free. (laughs) Come on, online grocery shopping. Now now you don't have to go to Blockbuster. Who remembers Blockbuster back in the day? Yeah, 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 20,000 videos, choose one, all right? Now you got Hulu and Netflix. You got Amazon and Amazon Prime. And if it's not fast enough, you got Amazon Now. Instagram, Quicken Loans, FaceTime. Disney's even jumped to it because you go to Disney, you got to make sure you get a what? Fast Pass. pass. Yeah, y'all don't want to be standing up in that three hour line on the surface of the sun. You want a Fast Pass. Everything, convenience is king in our world convenience and fast. And I think, though, the problem is convenience has also crept into the church. And I think convenience is killing Christianity. Because now people don't want to wait for anything. So if I pray it now, God better do it tomorrow. I want likes. I don't want lessons. I want wealth. I don't want wisdom. I want a platform. I don't want the process. And it's sunk into the church culture. And nowadays, we put God on our timetable and our timeline. And how many you know God is not in no hurry? Have you ever noticed his timetable is a little different than yours? And we get frustrated and we get, we get discouraged and we get disheartened when things don't happen quick and they happen fast. But Galatians chapter 5 speaks to this. And if you have some notes, you can turn to there. If not, you can look on the screen with us. And Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces. Now, I want to just pause here real quick and just know that as we're talking about patience, I want you to know it's not something you do. The Holy Spirit produces this in your life. It's going to produce this kind of fruit. Now watch. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. The Holy Spirit, I I believe today that as we are learning about this fruit of the Spirit, that God, by his Spirit, is going to begin to grow this in our lives so that we can become more patient. How many know there's no... Other time in our history where we need more patience than right now. We need patience desperately. So I want to share with you today uh, four things about patience that I feel are are very timely, but uh, but also going to be encouraging. And, and let me just say this before I do that: everyone in this room is waiting on something. You might be waiting on a baby. You might be waiting on a husband. You might be waiting on a job. You might be waiting on finances. You might be waiting for a miracle or a healing. You might be waiting for a lost or or a a wayward son or daughter to come home. You might be waiting on that phone call, or you you might be waiting for that depression to finally go away, or you you might be waiting for those feelings of the lost loved one that you've had that I just can't get over to finally, will it ever subside, and you're just, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're wondering, when am I ever gonna not be waiting? I feel like I'm always waiting. But I want to teach you something, and so let's, let's dive into this today. Number one is this. The promises of God are only paid with patience. The promises of God are only paid with patience. Do I got any old school video game like Mario Brothers? Y'all remember those back in the day? Street Fighter was my game. That was just like my thing. And there was, there was cheat codes when you played those games. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B. I still remember that stuff, okay? I could kick your tail too. Because I knew that those cheat codes worked. When you put those codes in, they worked. You knew it. Now, Hebrews gives us a cheat code when it comes to the promises of God. Watch what Hebrews chapter 6 goes, says. We do not want you to become lazy. Now, I could just stop there and we could just preach a little bit, but hang on, we're going to just pass on that one up. It says, but to imitate those who through, now help me with these two words, through faith, faith and faith. Okay, underline those, circle it, highlight it. Make sure you, you, you extenuate those. Through faith and patience, we inherit what has been promised. Now watch verse 15. And so after... Yeah, some of y'all couldn't even say it. Waiting <laughs> patiently. And so after waiting patiently, watch this. Abraham received what was promised. After waiting patiently that there are some things, go back to the verse before, that there are some things that the only ingredients for you to get, what you're believing for, what you feel God has promised you, it's gonna take faith and it's gonna take patience. And he gives an example of a guy by the name of Abraham. Abraham was the father of faith. We know Abraham as the father of faith. One problem about Abraham is he, didn't have, he couldn't have children. His, his wife, Sarah, they, they couldn't have children. And at 74 years of old, of, of young age, God comes to him and says, I'm going to give you a son. At 74, most people are retiring. He's going into the delivery room, you know. I'm going to give you a baby. And God did not deliver at 74. Sarah did not get pregnant at 75 or 76 or 77 or 78. You know when she got pregnant? 99. Yeah, y'all need to say Jesus. Some of y'all are like 45, a kid. No, it ain't going down. 99. 99, 24 years that it took for God to finally deliver on his promise. And he said, because Abraham waited patiently, he received the promise. You look all throughout scripture, some of the greatest men and women of scripture, for them to fulfill the promises of God on their life, they had to wait. Can we ask Joseph? Joseph, who had the jean jacket of many colors. It took Joseph 14 years from the dream that he had that he was going to rule and reign, it took 14 years between that and where he had to go. He didn't know. The, the, the fine print of the contract didn't tell him, oh, by the way, your brothers are going to hate you. They're going to throw you into a pit. Then they're going to sell you off. When they sell you off, they're finally going to, you're going to get into Pharaoh's uh, court. You're going to serve for Pharaoh. And then he's going to have this crazy cougar that's going to be coming after you. She's going to be chasing you. She'll be like, I want you. And are like, no, I want you. She's like, I'm trying to save myself. See my purity wing? I want you. She's going to be coming after you. She's eventually going to take your clothes from you, and she's going to say that you did something to her. You're going to get thrown in jail. You're going to serve in prison for a while. I'm going to give you favor, but there's going to be two guys in there. They're going to start having dreams. You're going to interpret their dreams, and then you're going to tell them, hey, when you get out, holler at your boy. Don't forget me. And so they're going to get out, they're going to get out, and they're going to forget you. And then eventually, finally, the Pharaoh's going to have a dream, and you're going to finally interpret his dream. You're going to finally get to the place. It's going to take 14 years. How many of you know if he'd read the fine details of that contract, he'd be like, don't sign me up. And yet, throughout all of those chapters in Genesis, you see that God was with them, and God was with them in the pit, and God was with them with that crazy cougar, and God was with them in the in the palace, and God, God was with them in every single season. But but would we want what God has for us if He told us that it would take 14 years to finally get it? Think if Joseph would have given up at year 13. Said, I'm done. Hey, let's ask David. David, who was a teenager, that wasn't even invited to the anointing party for the next king. His dad forgot him. Samuel said, you got another son? He said, oh yeah, I do. David, oh, I forgot. He's out with the sheep. Y'all bring David in. David walks in and Samuel says, that's my man. He is God's man. He anoints them. And guess where David goes? He doesn't go to the palace. Guess where he goes? Back to the sheep. And for the next number of years, he goes back to the sheep and serves as a shepherd for his father, only for his father to finally uh, send him out to battle to go and fight Goliath, which then begins to propel the dominoes of him getting chased by Saul, and then eventually for him to take rule and reign as the next king. But it took 14 years for him to get there. But yet he went back out to the sheep and to the shepherd where no one knows him, no one knows his name. And some of you feel like I'm in a place right now where no one sees me, no one knows you, but I want you to know God's got you there because he's developing something inside of you. So when you do get where you want to go, you're ready for what he's got for you. So we asked Joseph and we asked David, what what about Noah? God told him to build a boat and to start a zoo. And it took not a year, not five years 50, 50, and every day he had to wake up and believe that what God had told him, this crazy dream, you gotta think within those 50 years, he's thinking, was it pizza that I ate? (laughs) I mean, I'm kinda in deep here, got a lot of animals around me, I didn't ask to be Dr. Doolittle. (laughs) And here he is, having to believe God, that God, I, I believe you said this is true. How about we ask our Savior, Jesus? Who at twelve years old was ready to preach? Twelve years old, he went to the synagogue. I'm sure his brother James was like, "Hey, don't you need to tell mom and dad you're leaving?" No, I don't got to tell mom and dad nothing. I'm the son of God. <laughs> Gets to the temple and he's preaching in the synagogues. And finally, Mary and Martha—I mean, Mary and Joseph—don't know where he is. And so Mary's like, "Jesus!" This is how it interprets in my mind. It's Jesus, 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 Jehoshaphat, Christ. I'm telling you right now. You, you know, get <laughs> off. And I mean, you oh, know, when she finally found him, she wasn't like, hey, Jesus, son of God. She was like, Jesus, get over here right now. You know, <laughs> pulling him to this cross-eyed. I'm going to tell you something. Mama, what are you doing? I'm ready. Look, I'm preaching. This is what I came for. You didn't even have my dad. You and my dad, God made me. And yet, why, why won't you let me go? And she says, you need to get back to the house and take out that trash. <laughs> go help your daddy build that table. And for the next 18 years, you never hear about Jesus. From 12 to 30, go look in your Bible, nothing. Silence. What's happening in 18 years? He's ready at 12 to preach and yet 18 years. And finally, when he turns 30, think about this. He had 30 years of preparation for three years of service, for three hours of purpose. 33 years that he lived but 30 of those were preparation for the three years that he would serve on this earth in a way that we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for eventually for him to serve for three hours of real purpose, which is to go to the cross. We can look at all of these men and all of these women in scripture and just realize that in all of these, that oftentimes the promises of God are only paid with patience. Think about this. Patience and faithfulness are the only two fruits of the Spirit that have a prerequisite of time. Love doesn't require time. Joy doesn't require time. Peace doesn't require time. But patience and faithfulness require time. It's awkward, isn't it? It's awkward when you have to wait. I just waited not even 10 seconds. Some of you are already like, will he speak? <laughs> what if God asked you to wait 10 months or 10 years? What if there's things that God wants to give you but it's gonna the only way that you can pay for them is with time? That faith and patience. But can we just all agree that waiting is hard? That in the waiting season, we can get discouraged. In the waiting season, we can start getting anxious. In the waiting season, we can get depressed. In the waiting season, we can grow weak. And I love what Galatians says, Galatians 6, 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not what? Give up. up. This is speaking that there's a, we know that the principle of seed time and harvest that what you sow you will reap we understand sowing and reaping what we don't understand as Christians is the season in between which is the waiting How many would like to uh, farmers in here how many like to sow on Monday and reap on Friday would be nice But it doesn't work that way there's a sowing that happens and then there's waiting 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 And then eventually there's the reaping. And this is what, I want you to hear me very closely, this is what the enemy knows. Because the one place where you get weary the most is in the waiting. We get weary in the waiting. We get weary when we're waiting for whatever we're believing for, whatever we're standing for, whatever we know that God wants to give us, but we're waiting and we're growing weary. And God is telling us that in this time, there's always going to be a proper due season, but the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to get you to quit while you're waiting. Because if he can get you to quit while you're waiting, you won't be reaping. If Joseph would have quit at year 13... If David would have quit when he got anointed king and had to go back to those sheep and be like, I hate sheep, I'm the king. And yet he waited patiently because there are some things in your life that the only way you're going to be able to pay for them is with patience. Patience, patience, patience. And this says in the proper time you will reap. Other translations say in the due season. I know we have four seasons, summer, winter, spring, fall. Well, Louisiana, we have two, summer, and then a little less summer. Uh, That's our seasons. But in, in God's kingdom, there's another season, and it's the due season. That God says that if you won't give up, if you won't give up, if you'll keep waiting, you'll keep trusting, you'll keep believing that at the proper time, you're going to reach a harvest if you don't give up. And I'm here to tell some of you that are in this room that are ready to give up on your marriage, ready to give up on your friends, ready to give up on all those prayers that you prayed, ready to give up on that son that's driving you crazy, ready to give up on the fact that God isn't faithful, ready to give up on the fact that I don't know what I'm going to do with my finances. Don't give up because God is working. Which leads me to number two, and that is when you're waiting, God is working. When you're waiting, God is working. James chapter one, verse three and four, look what it says. It says, for you know that when your faith, remember that's one of those things, faith and patience, faith and patience. When your faith is what? Test, anybody had some tested faith before? Yeah, me too. Watch this. Your endurance has a chance to grow. That endurance is another word, it's a synonym for patience. Patience. Your patience, your long-suffering, your endurance, it has a chance to grow. So let it grow, let it grow. Okay, anyway, so I had to. It's right there. They set me up. I, anyways, okay, so for when your endurance, your patience is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. How many you know when you pray, God, help me in patience, how many you know he doesn't zap you with patience? He gives you an opportunity to grow in patience. So he puts you with an annoying boss. That's what he does. Or he puts you in a city where everybody drives really, really slow. Like, come on. And you know, you don't want to cuss, you know, because you're Christian. You don't want to give them a finger because you're Christian. And so as you're passing them, you just do this. It's Christian cussing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you know what I was saying. You just keep on driving. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all all right, like you haven't done it. Y'all probably did it to me. I don't know. Y'all like, oh, hey, Pastor John. <laughs> right? God gives you an opportunity to grow in patience. Or he gives you a child that has your last name but has got a demon spirit up in it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Say, oh. You had your first child, and you're like, man, this baby's an angel. Yeah, we can have a bunch of these. Then you have child number two, and you're like, what happened? Who is this child I just birthed? You were an angel. Not you, though. Right? And so God develops. Come on, mamas. God develops your patience with children and a husband, and he he develops this. And so I want you to listen to me. When God is, I just wrote this down. When God is asking you to wait, it's not punishment, it's development. It's not punishment. Whatever you're waiting on right now, it's not punishment, it's development. He's training you, he's equipping you, he's growing you, he's developing you. And if you view it wrong, you're gonna miss the opportunity to grow. It's, it's like some of we have some some mamas in here that are pregnant. See, when, when conception happens, that's the beginning. Delivery, that's the fulfillment. It's the promise, and that's the fulfillment of that promise. But how many know it's not conception on Friday and delivery on Monday? There's nine months. Some of you would love for that to happen. But it's nine months of waiting and, and intense growing and pain. I just wrote down a couple of things. Uncertainty, discomfort, planning, expecting, anxiety. And yet what we don't realize is that while we're waiting, God is working and he's developing this baby inside of us, getting us ready, getting this baby ready for what it's gonna come. And when going through life's difficulties, always let what you know trump how you feel. Listen to me very closely. When you're going through life's difficulties, Always let what you know trump how you feel. The reason maybe God is waiting on you is because you're not ready for what you're waiting for, and so he's letting you wait so you'll be ready for when you get what you finally are praying for and waiting for. It would be, it's the same reason why I don't give my 14-year-old the keys to my car. He's not ready yet. He thinks he is, but he is not ready yet for that responsibility. If I were to give that to him, what he thinks he wants right now, he will actually destroy and could destroy himself. And so there's some of you right now that God wants to give you these promises. He wants to give you the man of your dreams. He wants to give you all the things that you're praying for. He wants to give you these things, but yet he's not because he's working on you. He's working on the situation. He's working all around us. And so that way, when we finally do what we've been believing for, we're ready for what we've been waiting for. Y'all with me? And so you're wondering like, God, why is it taking so long? Maybe the real question should be is, God, what are you trying to do in me? Because maybe you're trying to do something in here. Because maybe that marriage that I'm really praying for and asking for, maybe if I was to get it, I would actually destroy it. So maybe you're trying to teach something in me in this season. Number three, the only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. Look what 1 Samuel chapter 13 says. So this is a story of Saul, the king right before David. King Saul was anointed by God, appointed by God, was a mighty man of God. And in those days when they were going to war, they would also go to the prophet and say, what does God want us to do? And so the prophet's name was Samuel. He's the same one that anointed David. Saul goes to Samuel, says, what should we do? Saul tells him, I want you to go and I want you to wait seven days the end of seven days, I'm going to come. I'm going to offer an offering to the Lord. We'll find out what God wants us to do, and then we'll go do that. He says, okay. So Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, and as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still did not come. Now watch this. So Samuel realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. And just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offerings, Samuel arrived. Oh, isn't it right? Just as he finished offering the last offering, here comes Samuel finally showing up. And so Saul went out to meet him and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you've done? And Saul replies, you see, what would have happened was, okay, so um, you said seven days and yeah, okay, I know you're here on the seventh day. I thought you meant like 7 a.m. on the seventh day, and you weren't here at 7 a.m., and all the other guys were like, peace out, I'm gone. I ain't dealing with this anymore. We're in seven days, I ain't going anymore. So I just decided, you know, I could offer, you know, in your stead, offer sacrifices to God for our people because I know the battle's intense, and they're about to wage war, and we gotta figure out what's going on. And so watch, you didn't arrive when you said you would. And this isn't often not just Saul that does this, this is what we do. When God doesn't arrive and show up and do what he says he does in the time we think he should do it, I mean, you know, we take matters into our own hands. And watch what the next verse says. And the Philistines and Mi'kmaq are ready for battle. And so I said, The Philistines are ready to march against us. And I haven't even asked the Lord for help. So I felt compelled. Well, that was the wrong, that was a problem. He went off his feelings. So he feels compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. And watch what Samuel says. How foolish. Now watch the next verse. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, had you waited, had you just been patient, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. <laughs> Y'all sing sand, any Sandlot people here? For. Ever. Now watch this. But now, your kingdom's going to end. For the Lord has sought out a man after His own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of His people because you've not kept the Lord's commands. So, if patience is a fruit of the spirit, impatience is a fruit of the flesh. Sam, Saul. Excuse me. decided to take things into his own hands. Man, I ain't gonna wait. And can I tell you, this so speaks to our culture. We, we, we breathe the air of a why wait mentality. Why wait to get married? Why wait to have sex? Why wait to get a job? Why wait to buy this car? Why wait? I can, I can take out a loan, I can just do it, everybody else is doing it, I can just do it. Why wait to move in? We can just move in now, we don't have to get married. Why wait? And so what we do is because we don't like God's timing, we want our timing, we take things into our hands. And I want you to listen to me very closely because I'm gonna pastor you through this moment. Watch this. Our way plus our timing always equals personal regret. Saul was anointed, was appointed, was blessed by God. God had so much for Saul. But because of his inability to wait, God said, you're done. I got another man. He's willing to wait on me. He's got a man after God's own heart. And so when we try to take things in our way, in our time, we will always deal with personal regret. Now listen to the flip side of this. Here's the great thing. The flip side of this is when we decide I'm going to do it God's way and I'm going to do it in God's time, you're always going to get God's blessing too. How many of you have seen that to be true in your life as well? We've seen both sides of these to be true. And I'm going to tell you, there's so much grace. Listen, I've taken things into my own hands. I've done things in my own timing and I'm so thankful for his grace. He has grace there in those moments. But I'm going to tell you right now, God's way and God's timing is just way better. It's way better. It's way, way, way better. Romans 12 puts it this way. Rejoice in our confident home. Now watch this. Be patient in trouble. Why does he got to put that? Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Let me ask you this question. How are you when you don't get what you want? How are you in the midst of trouble? Is patient the word that people would use to describe you? Or would it be frantic, nervous, anxious, fearful? And yet Paul is telling us here in Romans to be patient in trouble. Baby, what are we going to do? The bills are due. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? I don't, know. I don't know. Well, God's faithful. Yeah, he says he's going to provide. But you know we could just hurry up and get a loan right now, right? Yeah, we could. We could. What, what, what are we, we going to do? I, I, I don't know. I, I, God, I need a man. I need a man. I need a man. I need a woman. I need a woman. I'm all alone. God, you know I need somebody. I'm going to tell you, one of the hardest things to wait is for a spouse. And I, I know that. I know that. But I'm going to tell you right now, when God's saying, wait, 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 it's not because he's withholding something from you. It's because he's working and making something better for you because he's got something for you. And so instead of waiting for that spouse that you want, you go and sell yourself to other counterfeits after counterfeits after counterfeits after counterfeits, and God's going, I'm working over here. I'm trying to make the man of your dream. Stop eating that candy. I got good stuff over here. I got good stuff over here. I got got your Boaz. Your Boaz is waiting, okay? You settling for Boaz, I got your Boaz, okay? So... Come on, somebody. Right? And so we take things in our own hands. And I'm going to tell you right now, marriage is one thing you don't want to rush. Because if you rush it, you'll regret it. You'll regret it. I know it. Most of the counseling that I do... It's because people rushed a process that God was trying to develop things inside of them, but they wanted to hurry up and take the, take the cookies out before they were fully done, and then they start eating it and they get sick because it's raw. Let it sit, let it bake. It's good stuff once it's fully baked. If it's not fully baked, it's nasty. And there are things in our lives that God wants to put in your life and my life and the promises. He's got great things for you, but he won't do it unless you're willing to wait for it. Can I just be very personal and transparent? I've waited to be the lead pastor for this church for a long time. I've been in this church for 18 years. Man, I put in my time. And when I saw Eunice Campus going, and Pastor Bo was like, Jamie's gonna be the campus pastor. I was like, Mm. That was supposed to be me, and then we started crowling. He's like, "And Zach's gonna go to crowling." I was like, mmm! "That I was next." And what I didn't realize is that God was putting me in a place for where He wanted me for the right time, and He was grooming and developing and working. Don't with me. And there were so many opportunities to be like, "I'm out of this. I'm done." I'm going to go on to somewhere else where someone can appreciate the gift. <laughs> yeah. This is the pride that's in this. And the truth is, Pastor Bubba saw that pride and said, then you're going to sit. I'm going to let God work on that pride for a little while. So that way, I don't put you in a place that when I finally put you in a place and I put you there too early, you only destroy yourself. You destroy the people you're trying to pastor. So you're welcome. Thank Pastor Bubba, okay? So <laughs> But the hardest thing to do is to wait. But I'm gonna tell you, there's nothing harder than waiting on God as wishing you had. And let me give you number four, this is, we're done. How you wait directly affects how long you wait. (laughs) This is the good one. How you wait directly affects how long you wait. Watch this, watch this definition of patience. Here we go. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset That just disqualified 97 percent of us in here i'm upset you put that up there this is what patience is that our fuse is a little bit longer we don't get upset easily can we ask the children of visual how this went for them They were on an 11-day journey to the promised land, the place that God had promised from the beginning. You're going to have a place filled with milk and honey, no more giants, no more anything. It's going to be the incredible place, and it's only going to take you 11 days to get there. And on the 11-day journey, they grumbled, complained, got so mad at God, got so mad at Moses that God took an 11-day journey, and he made it a 40-year death. All because of this. Be patient, and that's the attitude we have towards God. Often, fine, I'll be patient, God. And the truth is, God is trying to actually do more. It's it's not how long you wait; it's how you wait. Judah, bring that bring that up to me. You see that? This is actually what God is doing. See, when we think about waiting on God. Look, I'm folding the clothes. And so, no. (laughs) When we think about waiting on God, oftentimes we think about just sitting idle and being like, I'm waiting on you, God. What God actually wants us to do is I'm waiting on you, God. At your service, what would you like me to do, Lord? Because how many know waiting doesn't mean that you're doing nothing, you can still work and wait because God's still working while you're waiting. And actually while you're working and God's working and you're waiting, he's developing something in you. And if you'll have a good attitude, your length of how long you wait will be a lot shorter than if you have a bad attitude and you don't want to do it. How many know your kids got a bad attitude? You're like, more chores, more chores, more chores. Oh, you want some more of that? I got plenty. And oftentimes because of our attitude towards the Lord, God lets us sit in seasons that we want to get out of because we haven't got out of that season what he's trying to get in us. So how we wait? God, how can I serve? God, as I sit here and I wait for this miracle, as I wait for this healing, as I wait for this man, as I wait for my child to come home, I'm going to keep serving in the kingdom. I'm going to keep doing what you've called me to do because this is what the verse says. Here's the verse, ready? Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on God get fresh. How many need some of that? If you're here in this room and as we've been talking, Holy Spirit's just been speaking to you and you know this is an area God is just, he's trying to grow you in. If that's you, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I want to pray for fresh strength for you today. Come on, just stand all over this place. We're going to end. I know we're a little over. (sighs) Would you just lift your hands in this place? Father, we receive what you have for us today. But before we receive it, we need to repent. Because God, we've been impatient. God, we've been impatient. We've taken things into our own hands. We've done our time, our way. God, today, we just acknowledge, Lord, we want to do it your way. We want to do it in your time. God, I pray right now for your people. Lord, as they stand, just acknowledging, God, I just, we need help. But God, as we began this service, it is the Holy Spirit that produces this in us. So Holy Spirit, right now, I'm praying fresh strength on your people that as they wait on you, you would give them fresh strength. God, that they would not give up. That marriage that they want to give up on, fresh strength. That child that they want to say no more, fresh strength. Those finances that don't ever seem to be in order, God, fresh strength, fresh provision. God, I pray right now, restore the joy, peace, God, for us to trust you that what we know to be true, we stand on today. God, we don't give up. We love you. We trust you. We need you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise in this place. Amen. Amen. If you want to go ahead and be seated and then would you just close your eyes just right there in this moment. I don't want to bypass this moment real quick. Because I know when we talk about this, one of the greatest things that you don't have to wait for, the greatest promise that you don't have to wait for, there's one that I know of, and that's actually salvation. The Bible says, whoever will declare today, confess with their mouth and with their heart that Jesus is Lord, they will be saved. If you're here in this room, and you've never fully confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about going to church, or getting or even getting baptized, or taking communion, I'm talking about a real, genuine relationship with God. If you've never had that, the Bible says that today, you don't have to wait on this one, today you can be made new, be washed clean of your sins, be given a relationship with the Father and the Son, if that's you in this place, nobody looking around. This is, a, this is a moment right here. If that's you in this place, on the count of three, I just want you to shoot your hands and say, Pastor Josh, would you pray for me? I want that. One, two, three. If that's you, if that's you, thank you. Come on, keep your hands up. Go ahead. One, two, three, four. Thank you. Five. Thank you. Six. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's just pray this together. Come on, this is we're almost done. Let me just pray this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sins, my shame, my guilt. Today, I declare you are Lord of my life. Save me, forgive me, cleanse me. Thank you for making a way in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with all those who you raised their hand today. Awesome. You'll see this, this Connect card that's in the seat pockets. If you're one of those five people that raised your hand, you, you made the best decision ever. And there's a place on here that says, today I commit my life to Christ at the bottom, or recommitted my life to Christ. Let us know. Check that off. We want to celebrate with you, but more than that, we want to help you take some next steps getting you plugged into what God wants to do in your life. And so thanks again. Hey, at this time, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. If you want to go ahead and prepare uh, to give today. You know, generosity and tithing is something God has called us to do, really for two reasons. Uh, The main reason is to remind us that everything that we have is already his. And then secondly, to say thank you. I think the greatest way I, I look at tithe Here's how I look at tithe. Every Friday, 10% of my paycheck comes out of my checking account and goes right into OSC. I'm gonna tell you why. Because every Friday is my chance to tell God, "Thank you, thank you." And so when I honor God in that, the Bible says, "When I honor God and say thank." How many of you know when you give somebody and you bless somebody and they don't say thank you? How many of you know it makes you a little fushed? F- yeah. How many? How you know? You really don't want to do that again for them. Do you? How many know when your kids come up to you and go, thank you for the ice cream, mom and dad. First off, you're like, what else do you want? (laughs) And then secondly, you're like, you're very welcome. And it makes you want to actually be more generous to them because they appreciate what they have instead of feeling entitled to what they have. Are y'all with me today? So today when we honor God in our giving, and we say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to bring back to you. This is what we're saying. God, I recognize everything's yours. And then secondly, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. So right now, let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have right now to bless, to be used by you. We recognize that everything we have is yours already. But God, we return what is what you ask Because in doing so, you say that you will bless the 90% and beyond. And God, we want your blessings on our life. And God, I pray today, Lord, that you would honor your people today as they trust you in this area. In Jesus' name. And everyone said.